1: Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hi. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. Yes, you do. And running the boards is Joey D. Wow. Wow. Already, while Luigi on Monday. On today's show, we will talk board games, get some reviews from BJ Shea. Okay, because uh, he plays board games. I don't know if you know about That's
2: that. A tiny bit.
1: We'll talk television as BJ talks more about Upload. Did you finish that? Of course I did. There you go. And of course, we've got the Geek Sheet with Vicki B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us?
3: Get a hold of us via our website, BJGeekNation.com. <laughs> <Dot com. laughs> it's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. 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 Or just Google, you know, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. All those Radio.com, iTunes. Yeah. You'll find us. Easy.
1: Share, like, and subscribe. Please. To all of those things. Give us a review on however you listen to us. Give us those five-star reviews. Send me a picture of that. You know, a little screenshot. You could do that with your phone. I don't know how your phone works, but every phone has that ability. And uh, send us an email, bjgeeknation at gmail.com. And we'll send you a comic book once there's someone here that can mail things. We'll get it all figured out. There's yeah. a whole lot of uh, just us in the studios right now. That's the mailman has abandoned us. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we get mail.
2: Sometimes we don't. So we'll figure all of that out. I can't tell you the last time I got mail. Really? But, uh, I mean, granted, I'm. You know, maybe maybe somebody's stealing it. <laughs> I'm gonna find out who's huh? stealing your mail here. I probably. know somebody is. Yeah, maybe not. I'm also a popular person for Cranel. I'm almost popular. I should be getting something.
1: Such a popular guy. I know you're popular at the board game table.
2: Yeah. (laughs) That's it. Sure.
1: Absolutely. There's never been arguments that have completely stopped down a game. No. No. Or you're very mad because... Maybe one of your good friends who might be hosting this podcast uh, stabbed you in the back uh, during a game of Game of Thrones. Oh, it but... just triggered
4: me. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. half-hour debate about why BJ was in last place.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been playing recently, though? Uh, well, this one I actually played. This is a sad moment. The last oh. time I played this game was at a con.
0: <gasps> oh, wow. Yeah, Remember and...
2: back when there were conventions? Yeah, mm. I do. Uh, <laughs> it was a game that our buddy Sean from Thing 12 Games and uh, BJ Shay's Board Game Alliance, which will be back once this call. Covid nonsense is over. Absolutely, um, he said. You got to play this game. You got to play this game. Uh, a game called Rurik, Don of Kiev, uh, which is basically set in 11th century Eastern European kingdom. Not my favorite setting. Yeah, I wasn't really rushing to play this game. It was a Kickstarter game, but now it's, I believe, available for everybody to get. Mm -hmm. And um, the cool thing about this game, yeah, you've got the setting, okay? You've got area control. You've got resource management. That is part of it. And the the new mechanic that I I had never seen before is auction programming, Uh where if you want to take your actions... You know what you want to do, but you actually have to spend money to put yourself in a position on that action track. So if, for instance, oh. I want to move, um, I go, well, I want to be in first position, so I get to move first, but I'm going to have to pay. And I put my money on there. I'm the first guy to put on the one. I'll put $5 on the first position. If somebody comes along and says, yeah, I want to move before you do, they can outbid me and bump me down. That reminds me,
1: because I just mentioned Game of Thrones, was the three different tiers that you had on that one, where it was a bidding system for the Raven, wasn't it? Yeah. Where you would spend money on those or spend money on the different things to get put in the different positions. And
2: that's just on one aspect of the game. Mm -hmm. Think of all the actions that we would take in any game. Like, you know, in order for you to do anything in the game— you've got a bid to do anything in the game. And so you do all this bidding, and then you resolve the actions in the order of the successful bids. All right. So you can try to make your plans. You have to, of course, keep your money. Like, all right, do, do I care about going first over here? Do I care about going second? And uh, it was really quite fascinating how the game was done. And for an area control game, it didn't work exactly like an area control game that I think of where it's, I better just have the most troops over here, and hopefully I can't. You actually, it's interesting interesting. interesting how you go and control areas. And you may not want to control the area for a long time. So you could literally say, look, I'm going to be here for a little bit. Then once I get done what I want to get done, feel free to come and take this area. I don't care.
1: Okay, yeah, uh, some, some good uh, uh, diplomacy sort of politicking.
2: And that's what I like about it is that you can sort of really go back and forth because there are things you're trying to achieve. And some will go, don't let him do that. If he gets that <laughs> achievement, if he controls like four areas with four different things, there's all sorts of different things you qualify to get extra points in the game. And it depends if you can achieve these things. And I'd be sitting there go, look, you, can t- you give me these four areas. It's only going to give me four points. Big deal. You know what I mean? It's, and and you can really negotiate with somebody like except, that.
1: Except for when anyone negotiates with you in a board game,
2: you're always going
1: to be the one that comes out on top. Well, of ahead course. With all of that. I mean, so that's just, what I hope. Whenever BJ's negotiating with you in a board game, if you ever manage to play with him at any point in time going anywhere,
4: just realize that the best deal is always going to be for him. Oh, Sarah and I have had a great debate about this because every <laughs> time we play with him over these past couple weeks, he'll do this whole play the victim mentality. Oh, yeah, it's my classic. And some <laughs> Sometimes he really will be the victim of his own stupidity. Yes. But other times he'll use that same excuse and then win the game.
2: You see, can't trust him. Either. Wild card. Yeah. See, I always play the long game. Nobody will believe you if you really don't look like you're an idiot sometimes. And so that's what I think in the world of gaming is is really helpful with multiple games, especially if they have any negotiation stat, you know, or mm-hmm. or if there is just, you know, what happens in games is, is that they go for the leader. So sometimes in games, like for instance, Lords of Waterdeep, it's so hard to figure out who the leader is because you can't just base it on your position as you're playing the game. Totally. Because the Lord can give you so many victory points and nobody knows what that is. So people go, well, you know what? You're the guy that's in first place. I'm going to go after you. And I might have to, I go, you're crazy because look what I got going on. I have, And I try to explain. I go, what are the most points I can score at the end of the game? Are you sure I'm the guy that you should be going for? <laughs> and, uh, you know, sometimes I'm right. And then sometimes Joey will make some points, like we played another great game, that I was completely thought for sure he was just trying to play me. And he was absolutely right. I was an idiot.
4: Um, <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Yeah. Well, my sister is the best of Lords of Waterdeep. Because no one wants to give her any mandatory quests. Because she's the quote unquote, you know, angel child where she's like, guys, come on. She's really good at that. Don't give me a quest. And
2: she gets so bitter when you do. Son of a (laughs) bee. always wins. (laughs) If you take a little cube from her, all of a sudden it's like, you know, it's like, you just stole 40 cubes from me, and I'm taking one back from you, and you just said I will die a slow death.
1: I remember when I was first learning the game and we were playing it, and BJ was sitting next to me and he showed me how to do stuff and uh, just because I wanted to kind of troll BJ, uh, I gave him like two mandatory quests in a row. And he's like, well, you've realized that now you just made me lose the game. And I looked at all of it, and we're like in like turn one or two. Or yeah, I had to be like turn two or three, like something like that. And I was
4: like, look, I was like, oh oh, I'm really sorry, dude. I didn't realize that I just absolutely did that to you. And the first time I played, I played with, of course, BJ's nemesis, Sean, hm. and our friend Josh from the Board Game Alliance, and I didn't realize how backbreaking they can be. Yeah. And they, Sean and BJ just went after each other. So I'm sitting there <laughs> like, I don't know, this game's pretty cool. I don't get why they're having such a hard time. Yeah, Sean,
2: his his win is beating me. Yeah. And so my win now is like not winning the game, it's just beating him. It's like, (laughs) see, he brought you down to his level, now he's beating you with experience. Because there's nothing you can do. When you've got somebody that's just going to target one person, and that's their joy of the game. (laughs) Yeah, if you target one person in any game, they will lose. And that's exactly what his job was, is I'm not going to try to win. I'm just going to try to have you lose, and it's like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to have to make the adjustment. And so then I get to lord it over him and go, I want you to know that every time you think you can beat me, <laughs> you, you go, well, my goal is that you lose. No, I didn't lose.
4: I beat you. Even with you
2: targeting me, I still beat you because you're a moron. And that's how I get back at That's how at you him. really feel. Yeah, it's
4: yeah. like every game has a side quest that says, defeat Sean's army at some point. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but Sean's gotten better at that, actually. I've noticed lately that he hasn't always been targeting me. He's actually realized, wow. maybe I should target the people that will help me with the game, and he shocks me sometimes. Uh, but yeah, Rurik, Dawn of Kiev. It's made by Peacekeeper Games. They have a website, and the and the word peace is spelled like game Peace. Oh, okay. Peacekeeper Games. Go check it out. It's uh, it's it's well done. Um, do we have time for one more? Yeah, again? yeah, yeah. Let's do another right. one. Well, our buddies at uh, Daily Magic Games finally. Fu- uh, I'd say finally. Actually, I think they did a really good job fulfilling this, considering with COVID and everything. Uh, it came, I think, close to when they said it would, and that would be Margraves of Valeria. Uh, it finally came out, my friends. I was excited. I played this game once. I haven't played it with Joey Dees yet. I can't wait to get it to the table for him.
4: And you may recognize the name Valeria. They have a bunch of other games as well. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Valeria Card Kingdom is uh, was their Machi Koro killer for me. And, uh, of course, the Miko does all of the artwork, and they've had Villages of Valeria, Quest for La- Valeria, and many different expansions for the game. Uh, and they've decided to go into a whole different style of game that is uh, a really um, a clever... You know, I'm going to tell I'm going to tell you what Daily Magic does. And Richard Garfield talked about this when we interviewed him. He said a great game designer will play games, then get the elements from some of the games they play, tweak them, combine them, put them in a situation where you create a new amazing game because you've been inspired by these other games. And I I swear Isaiah just knows how to do that, man. Uh, he has taken things in other games that I've seen that I go, oh, I've I've done this, I've done that. Whoa, and then even once in a while he'll throw a little monkey wrench and they go, all right, I hadn't really done that with that. (laughs) And comes up with a very workable system and that's what Margraves of Valeria is. It's a hand-building worker placement game and it's set in Valeria and uh, it's... It has a the cool thing about it is because of all the iconography you really look at the game and go all right this is not daunting I recognize a lot of stuff when I look at the board as opposed to if I put out a, if I put out the same game but we just use different iconography like it wasn't Valeria you might go I got to do what what do I wait what you know but they do a really good job with that so that your brain goes oh I can learn this it's it's Valeria but I mean there is a I mean, man, you you've got a lot going on. you've got a way you, you've, I love cards where you have to make a choice. Like I've got a good card in my hand. I can use it for one ability. Or another ability. But if I use it for the one, then I can't use it for the other, and it's gone. Yeah. And this uses a mechanic that I've seen in a Century Spice World, where you basically play cards from your hand to take whatever actions you want to do, and then eventually you're going to have to pick those cards back up. You'll have to rest, if you will, in some way, shape, or form. Oh, okay. uh, and I love what they did with that mechanic, because it's not exactly like the mechanic. There's actually more nuances into it. But you either get to get some really cool ability— Or you get to move your workers around. And the cool thing is, is there are a bunch of workers on the board that are everybody's workers, not just yours. Oh, wow. So you might go, I'm going to do And you can do as many actions as your card says. But you might be taking those workers and moving to a place that will really give your opponent a great opportunity to do some really cool stuff on their turn. So you got to be careful Uh. about that. How Um, much of that
1: information is public? Oh, it's very
2: public. You see what's on the board. Okay, so you're
1: going to know, like, oh, if I do this, I'm going to help them as opposed to be surprised by it.
2: And there's basically a victory track. And the idea is you're trying to move up this victory track. And uh, like Euphoria, it reminds me of Euphoria and some other games that the farther up the track you move, the more your stuff is worth. Like, we're trying to do set collection of icons. And and people will know that from Valeria, that your icons will be worth whatever depending upon your your duke. Mm -hmm. Well, in this game... You know, yeah, if you move Sorry. up the track, all of my, say, helm icons, my helmet icons, if, I, if I'm i over here, they're worth two. But if I can keep moving up that track, I can make them all worth six. Mm-hmm. And so there are different things you do to try to move them up the track. And that is really George just, uh, you know, my, my daughter's boyfriend just wrecked me because <laughs> he was, like, pretty much at the top of every track. And we played the two-player version of the game. And I thought, well, I really I really played this game very wrong. Uh, <laughs> it's a learning experience The there. artwork is, of course, the Miko. The artwork is beautiful.
4: George had been going on a huge losing streak for like maybe a week, and he's won like every game for maybe our last like five or six sessions. Really? He's been (laughs) killing it.
2: Kidding. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I will tell you this: it's a. Uh, they say that basically, and I love the little story they painted. If you're following in the Valeria University, if you know it, you are a Margrave, which is a military commander tasked ah. with defending the land of Valeria and building magical ward towers at cities. And knights in Valeria can be commanded by you or your fellow Margraves to slay monsters or activate locations in an effort to gain influence over the four guilds. Ooh. And uh, that's your go- your goal of the game. You got to build these towers because the monsters are going crazy, and you got to beat these monsters, and they're very familiar to how the monsters we defeat in Valeria Card Kingdoms, but there's differences. It's a good game. It looks pretty on the table. I like the miniatures. The well, art looks
1: fantastic. The and, Miko is yeah. amazing at that.
2: Oh, yeah. he's And, and the, the little meeples, you've got a Margrave meeple, and you've got your night meeples, and the components are good. They did a good job with this, and you can get it at Daily Magic Games, I'm pretty sure right now. Margraves of Valeria, if you love worker placement, you love uh, you know building a little bit of a deck in your hand, because that's what you're doing as well, a little deck building, uh, you're going to love this game. Nice, well, while you're here, yes, we got TV to move
1: to. Oh man. now
2: did you finish upload? Yes, okay, my daughter and I, it's sad it was the last show that we had to watch right now because Aww, uh, uh, show we, we don't know what's in. We may go back to another show that we haven't watched in three years, actually, and we were behind on. So I guess that's the good thing about this whole COVID thing is we'll we might we'll get back to that show we never thought we would. But uh, we are surely waiting for season two. Don't know when that will happen, but I'm sure it's, it's, it's been renewed. And Upload is a great show on Amazon Prime. Uh, Prime video.
1: Yeah. And it's the one that is. Uh, it's. Uh, I don't want to call it like. um oh, oh, friggin. Oh, um...
2: uh, you're thinking like altered carbon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it kind of has a little bit of a similar premise at the very like the the, the base, isn't it? Yeah. It, 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 the only difference is is that in altered carbon, which is a very serious show, mm-hmm. uh, in altered carbon, you get you you get your memories uploaded into a stack, which yeah. gets installed to a human body, which they call a sleeve, mm-hmm. and uh, you you you. Pretty much back yourself up every day if you're really rich to make sure that you're always going to be alive. Even if somebody kills the body you're in and mm-hmm. even destroys your stack, they can just restore you from another location. Uh, that's if you're super rich. That's altered carbon. In this, this is much more of, well, what would happen if we just couldn't let go of our loved ones? We would oh, then build, yeah. okay, like yeah. the uh, San Junipero episode of Black Mirror. That's right. That's we'd, right. We'd build a virtual reality world, servers that they all could live in, and we would upload, If I guess, the best we could do with their memories and consciousness, and they would live in a virtual world. What I loved about this is that it's not completely... Perfected so that they, for instance, like they don't have all sense of taste. That like they don't have all of the taste buds that in in them. So when they even eat food in this virtual world, it's not the food they remember. Like everything's either sweet, everything's salty. And then they had a. Uh, they basically had an upgrade to the system where they could fa- eventually do savory, uh, and they were very very happy <laughs> about it. Um, so it, it's a fascinating concept as they live in this virtual world.
4: I've seen one episode and it's great because they have to discuss lag because there's lag in the afterlife.
2: <sighs> oh god! And there's just a
4: guy falling over and he's like, "Is that is that guy okay? Is he falling into the water?" No, no, he's lagging. See, watch, watch. There he goes. <laughs> <laughs> See,
3: yeah. I, I like this concept a, a lot better. I've seen the trailer to it and it looks a lot more fun because I have tried to go back and watch altered carbon oh it's and, hard to
1: go back and watch it yeah
3: because i have watched the first couple episodes mind you i was i mean, were in washington state so i was a little altered and i didn't retain any of it did you have any carbon uh, <laughs> not quite very altered but i uh i tried watching it again and i tried paying attention and i just no like i'm sure it's really cool but i just can't do it
2: it's a completely different show by the way this mm-hmm. this is a okay, drama yeah yeah it's a very it, and it's also a romance it's, uh, a lo- it's, it's a love. It's a love story. It's a dramedy. Uh, it is nothing like Altered Carbon, except for the fact that people's memories get uploaded somewhere. Okay. When dead. Okay. That's yeah. a good way to yeah, because I yeah. just
1: like that's my first impression of it was like, well, if it's like this, and I've already seen this, why would I want to watch that? The fact that it's not helps out a lot.
2: Yeah, this is more like a a comedy version of San Junipero's episode of Black Mirror. Nice. It, 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 I, that's the best thing I would. That's it's more close to that than it is to Altered Carbon, and there's a mystery. And there's a love story, and um, it is, uh, it's is—it's quite fascinating, the implications of somebody not ever being able to truly die. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yet yeah. but, but it's all completely But they're not digital. really there because it's, yeah, digital, ones and zeros. Including, like. like, you can mess with somebody's memories, and they just will think they're them, but, like, some of their memories are not there. So they go, I don't know. I don't know
4: why I don't know that, but I don't know. Ugh. It's weird because it's kind of like a— Football show in the way that he's a programmer. He's a bro yeah. in the afterlife, but it's hmm. weird to me because he does all the things that a geek would also do. Like, and it's just like it's just well, I a weird social when you thing. say when you say
1: programmer. It reminds me of Silicon Valley because yeah. they had those guys, the dudes who were just like high fiving and like yeah, just all that locker room mentality. But they program like yeah GUI interfaces and stuff like that. You're and like that's what? totally
4: the main
2: character, and he's and <laughs> especially with the first episode, he comes off like this douche. And then, of course, you know, like any good story. Well, you realize, but then again, is it the programming or is it him or, you know, it's a very interesting thing. It's the uh, Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun show. I think it's probably uh, maybe one of the better shows that Amazon Prime has put out there, I think, as far as I think people will love this show. Nice. So, Next uh, to Good
3: Omens and uh, The Boys.
2: Oh, The Boys. Okay, you're right. Put those <laughs> out
3: I wasn't trying to be snarky. I was just curious how no. rated compared.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. But I keep forgetting all the good shows that are on Amazon yeah, Prime. And we're really getting automatic. The Boys yeah. 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 Yep. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a, it's a, and Robbie Amell I want to give uh, a lot of love to because he is the cousin of Stephen Amell who Not played Steven Arrow. Robbie, yep. Yeah, and Robbie <laughs> is he's tried so many different shows that I've watched on every darn show that he's been on. You're following, uh, you know, as much as I can, and so I'm happy for you, buddy. I, yeah, because I've always I've always liked him. I thought this dude, man, I hope he finds a show that lasts longer because I really like him and and he did a really good he's done a really good job with this. All right, well then now Vicky A, it's time to get to the Geek
1: Sheet with Vicky. Vicky, what is going on?
3: So don't you hate it when you're watching a movie? It's complete garbage. and But there's one moment in that movie that you love, and you try to justify it to other people. It's like, yeah, yeah, I know the movie sucks, but this moment is amazing.
4: Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well,
3: Crack.com did an article of the non-garbage moments in hot garbage shows and movies. Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm going to start with The Lost Boys and say uh, Epic Sax man. Uh, you know, just uh, there's a whole scene where they're at a carnival and a shirtless, muscle dude is playing the saxophone and uh, singing along, and it's a it's a good old party.
3: That is an awesome moment in an awesome movie. So you can calm down.
4: Uh, <laughs> okay,
3: it's the opposite.
4: Yeah. <laughs> what do you got? I was going to say Valeria. Any part of that movie with the CGI and none of the story. Yeah, <laughs> good call.
1: It's so pretty.
2: It's a very pretty movie. It but really yeah, is. Once somebody starts speaking, you go, oh, please. What, stop. you
4: mean what?
1: Eddie Redmayne? Don't act. Whispering. Stop. <laughs> oh, I know.
2: That, was that Jupiter Ascending?
1: No, it's
3: Jupiter Ascending. Okay, yeah. Of? You
1: can put that in the galaxy. That's beautiful, but a terrible movie. That's
3: yeah. why the Wachowskis just need to work on TV shows, even though they cost $9 million an episode. Right. <laughs> uh, in- uh, the first one, do you, have you guys all seen Robin Hood, Prince of the
2: Yes. You have
3: not
1: seen that? No.
3: Everything I do I do it for
1: you? Yes.
2: I was not interested. So
3: (sighs) this this says Robin Hood Prince of Thieves is not known for its great performances. Oh god. Alan Rickman as the Sheriff of Nottingham is totally captivating. He has amazing energy, absolutely chews the scenery, and is effing hilarious. He almost he saves an almost unwatchable movie.
1: One of the best lines in that movie, he uh, Alan Rickman as sheriff is sheriff or whomever he yes. plays. Sheriff yeah. Yeah, of Nottingham. yeah yes. Sheriff Nottingham. He goes, he goes, I'm going to cut his heart out with a spoon. And one of his underlings goes, Why a spoon, sire? And he says, Because it's dull, you twit. It'll hurt more. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't seen the movie in over a decade, and I still remember that perfectly.
3: That's funny. Yeah. Like I remember watching. It's a great him.
1: scene. Well, Alan Rickman's
2: a great
4: actor. One hundred percent actor. Yeah,
2: obviously. yeah. I mean, he, he. I agree. There's almost anything. What could? There's nothing that you could watch that you wouldn't enjoy with him. Oh,
4: in he it. was the best Snape in Harry Potter. <laughs> the only Snape. The only. I mean, but like, if you think <laughs> yeah. about it, I cannot. Uh, Nobody fathom another actor playing.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, you guys all saw Superman Returns.
4: We uh, unfortunately
2: did. Yeah.
3: <laughs> So it's deemed to be more of a romance than an action film. Even the director said so, and a lot of comic book fans hated the was movie. Was that the
2: Kevin Spacey super uh, Lex Luthor? Yes. Brandon one? Ruth, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> Is it Ruth or Roth?
2: Roth, <laughs> uh, eh. Ruth,
3: baby but, uh, Ruth. <laughs> but the scene where Superman saves the crashing plane and then steps out of it, symbolizing that he's back to the movies universe and you know the silver screen, was awesome. That
2: was pretty cool. But like those moments were yeah. and then yeah.
3: Uh sticking in the DC universe in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice.
2: Oh god help us. One, <laughs> Wonder Woman's
3: epic entrance scene when she saves Batman's ass and provides hope for the battle, plus that mu- the music for her is just super badass. Yeah,
2: that was a cool part. Yeah, that was. I mean, that really just was you know what that was? That just was a preview for her movie.
3: Right. <laughs> Wonder Woman has been the best part about the DC universe. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I will give a little credit to Aquaman, but his movie wasn't great. No, right. was, I love him great. as a character yeah, and Jason yeah. Momo as him.
2: And the Christian Bale Batman
4: movie. Well, yeah, I, those are, I don't even consider them DC. That was just like a yeah, masterpiece of something right? else.
3: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, almost also almost saves the otherwise boring, dull, and unremarkable movie. The only other scene I really liked from that movie, and I believe it's this one, it's when Superman comes out and Flash is trying to sneak up behind him, and then you just see his eyes oh, just oh. like... Go over to the side to see him and Flash, like, oh, oh.
4: <laughs> that was okay, when you realized that fight, because they always, or not the fight, but the race between Superman and Flash, or they always ask who's okay. faster. You're, that was a great way to show, oh, yeah. God, mm-hmm. it's probably Superman. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, his
3: eyes doing that kind of freaked me out. I'm like, yeah. okay, that's oh, intense. No. So, that's like the only two amazing parts of that movie. <laughs> Uh, moving forward, The Losers, which BJ just saw. Oh, yeah. People, People didn't d- like that movie. No. Huh? No. It's, a, it's another run-of-the-mill elite squad fakes their death to smoke out their betrayer plot. You've seen a dozen times already. But watching as Chris Evans infiltrates an office building and bluffs his way out again. <laughs> it's so good. It's four minutes of pure delight.
2: It is fun. Uh, and
4: then how yeah. he
1: gets out of it, too. Yeah. Because it's just like, these guys, are like got oh, the sniper trained on you, and he's pulling out the finger guns, and yeah. then the people are getting plucked off. It's like, that's so
2: cool. And then the
3: one guy's like, nope, I'm, I'm yeah. going down. I'm
2: good. I'm fine. Yeah. it uh, <laughs> It's so sad, because that could have been a much better movie, uh, mm-hmm. Because, it, but I just feel like they had some bad bad actors in some
4: parts.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, in some of it, yeah.
4: Do you guys remember the first time you saw that whole like skit where the guy points without a gun, and then the guy gets blasted, and you're like, what happened? And then you find out it's a sniper, and you're like- that was so awesome.
3: <laughs> if you read Wicked and Divine, uh, Lucifer does it. Does it, but apparently it wasn't Lucifer who did it.
4: No! Oh, whoa!
3: <laughs> sorry, it's, uh, read the read the comic Wicked. Okay, Divine. sorry,
2: you got to you got to read the whole series. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. Yep.
3: It's in the first book, so you're good. Nice. Uh, another one being Blade Trinity it was widely panned for being less clever and more comedic than the first two films. It was an
1: iPod commercial,
3: right? However, it also has the best scene of the entire trilogy: a dark, twisted sequence where Blade discovers that vampires are keeping humans captive and comatose to produce blood. It's not only a great visual, but it's also genuinely disturbing.
1: I saw the uh, the the screenshot of that, and because I haven't finished blade trinity ever and but the the visual of it is 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 so creepy because everyone's basically like shrink wrapped into like like plastic it's Mm -hmm. so weird
3: they look like like toys yeah yeah uh this one for sure in x-men the last stand which is the third one of the old ones yes Mm -hmm. um that movie had a lot of issues i mean it has two incomplete plots it kills important characters off screen and it's generally a bad end to a good trilogy uh, but one of Magneto's remarks is brilliant. When Pyro says he would have killed Professor X if he had a chance, Magneto casually schools him: "Charles Xavier did more for mutants than you will ever know," and it's just a great way to show the respect and love Magneto has for his enemy.
2: Yeah, that was a great line, actually, mm-hmm. and I love the beginning of the movie when they meet Jean Grey for the first time, and mm-hmm. they're you know, and she's picking up cars in the '60s. And just toss them around the neighborhood, you know, where they're like, "What the f, Charles?" Oh,
1: oh gosh, yeah. Yeah,
2: I mean, so there. That's why I don't hate that movie so much because there are parts of it, like what you just Mm -hmm. said, that I really will go. I like this. I will watch it for this, Mm -hmm. and then I will. I'm the juggernaut,
3: bitch. Yeah, well, that's yeah, and that also was (laughs) another one. It was funny. It was fun, but I think
1: like Vinny Jones like was not a good juggernaut overall. That part was great, but.
3: It's also like the part where he, like Professor Xavier rolls past him. It's like, this is your stepbrother, half brother. And you're not saying, "Hey, what's up, Juggernaut?" Hey, what's up, Xavier? I hate you.
4: Yeah, and shout out to Magneto's second best line of that movie when uh, it's after Professor, Professor X dies, and he's got a huge bridge, and he's breaking the bridge off to take it over to the island. And he goes, uh, "Charles would love this. He always wanted to build bridges." <laughs> and I'm like, "God, it's such a good line." <laughs> yeah.
3: Or, uh, Oof. <laughs> yep. Going over to the Star Wars universe, Episode One: The Phantom Menace is usually near the bottom of everyone's fan rankings Trash. of the Star Wars films. Number one. However,
1: Chronologically, it yes.
3: introduced the John Williams composition, Duel of the Fates. Yes. A truly iconic Star Wars theme. The chanting chorus at the beginning of the piece was powerful, yet different from memorable themes in the original trilogy, mm-hmm. something the film failed to do in many other ways.
1: And I'll be perfectly honest, one of the other cooler scenes in The, the Phantom Menace really has nothing to do with st- the Star Wars universe, because I've never seen them go back to it, uh, were
2: the pod races. Mm-hmm. I thought the pod races, visually, are still oh, that are ends- still so much fun that movie visually actually when you think about it because we hadn't seen any like you know Lucas Star Wars stuff that was the first one we'd seen since you know to yeah. return of the Jedi it blew my mind i mean lucas mm-hmm. knows how to make a beautiful movie yes. and the choreography yes. that the movie looked amazing i mean naboo and seeing how that looked all mm-hmm. of that and Look the, the also the the choreographed uh, Darth Maul fight scenes those were amazing so good yeah it's so, so you know so amazing and I actually liked Obi Wan Kenobi I really really liked Ewan McGregor I actually liked Qui Gon Jinn as well mm-hmm. uh, you know the Anakin thing was horrible but again if you're a, if you're a five year old <laughs> kid you want to believe it. I can jump in a spaceship and fight the bad guys that's exactly what it was
4: <laughs> it's a kid movie yeah and I love that movie and I think if you think about it like you're Anakin on a Disney ride. Like as that movie, if you think of it from that way, it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, if you're yeah. over the age of ten, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's probably not what you want. Yeah, yeah, it's
2: it's horrible. Lucas dialogue is what really you know, it, it's 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 unfortunate. It could have been so. And I actually think they were educating children when you think the fact that he was educating yeah. children about. Yeah finance and greed and politics in a in a very simple way that was quite an undertaking for him because you know i mean there was a lot of bad stuff that went on that actually happens in real life
3: i have one more for you guys and this one kind of is more for bj and i don't know if you would agree with this the peter capaldi years of doctor who are just a dull rehash of the same trite Moffat staples yet the idea of a female master was legitimately good and resulted in some great scenes
2: you know, a lot of people, I'll tell you, it's amazing how people just hate on whatever. You know, it's like you can't make them happy. Capaldi, uh, which, by the way, they're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Michelle Rodriguez was so good as Missy, uh, uh, the female version of the master. I, I Boy, it's so tough because I don't know the name of the new actor that's playing the master, but he was so good, too. Uh, but she's probably the best master, uh, uh, you know, and if we see more of the new dude, And I I don't I don't know his name, but God, he's so good with uh, Jody's doctor. Um, And you'll probably find it before I will.
3: I'm looking because I don't think it's Michelle Rodriguez. It's not. Yeah, I think it's something else. Oh well, anyway. I'll look uh, it
2: up. Sorry about that, Michelle. Uh, Or if you're not (laughs) Michelle, um, sorry, not Michelle. Yeah, uh, she's on Sabrina. You can find her there as well.
4: Uh, But uh, Sasha Dwan.
3: No. Sasha Dwan's the new one. Oh, the new one. one. The new
2: doctor. Yeah. Yeah, and he is so good.
3: Michelle Gomez.
2: Thank you, Michelle Gomez. Michelle Rodriguez Uh, is from SWAT and those other movies. Oh
3: yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Oh
1: yeah, Fast and Furious. I'm like, I was trying to think of something besides
2: SWAT. Okay,
4: okay. (laughs) The only thing I can think uh, of
2: was SWAT. I'm glad it's somebody, as opposed to just you know a random Uh, collection uh, of names. Michelle Rodriguez is actually your doctor, and she (laughs) wants to give you a colonoscopy in in your head because you're dumb. (laughs) Uh, Wow. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And so, but I loved Capaldi's doctor. He was cranky. He was awkward. He he was um he was to me he fixed what uh, Colin Baker, who was the sixth doctor, never got a chance to do, because Colin Baker was such an a-hole doctor. And I thought that <laughs> a was really bold.
1: Yeah, he was a young yeah.
2: curmudgeon. He wasn't even old, oh. like you couldn't. Even, but I love that the fact that the doctor is hundreds of years old. So even though his body might be young, he's he's seen some ass. Yeah, he's kind of done with it <laughs> at times. And Peter Capaldi, and then eventually had the three years to soften up and become a really cool doctor. Which I don't think people appreciated it because he was an old guy. And maybe they didn't give
1: it a chance, too. That's one of yeah. those things you see, oh, old guy, I don't want to hear old guy complain all the time. I'm going to watch the next
2: doctor. And people hate on Stephen Moffat. And I just think, come on, Stephen Moffat gave us one of the greatest Doctor Who episodes ever, which was Blink. So I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bless. Stephen Moffat's the greatest. We
3: got to celebrate Michelle Gomez. I freaking love her. She said in an interview, I was blessed with this face. I was born to play witches and bitches until the day I die with this kind of structure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she is queen. <laughs>
2: Oh, and she's so <laughs>
3: so good at she's it.
2: She's so good and so damn sexy and so damn powerful. She's In amazing. In everything. Yeah, I love I love Michelle Gomez. You know. <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez, you're pretty cool
3: too. Well, until next time, stay nerdy.
0: Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where? To